Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now our lives, yours and mine's, are easily entangled in things, both real and imaginary. Malignant and benign It was once said that we live our lives in quiet desperation. That is, most of us, some of us, (laughs) all around the world. But I say we live our lives not in quiet desperation, but in a web of entanglements. Some of which it seems there's no escape. Think of a fly caught in a spider's web, an insect. A fly stuck on a frog's tongue. Granted, in each of those situations, physical escape may be impossible. But with us, with us human beings, we have options. And I maintain by exercising those options, we can escape our entanglements. Yes, we can set our own selves free. <laughs> free at last. Free at last. We have the secret. And it's all free. Now I think I'm positive we cannot exist without entanglements. We are all somehow entangled with others. Some of these entanglements are real and some of these entanglements are imaginary. But it does not matter. They can affect our lives. Now if you're following me, you know this podcast is the way that I deal with one of the major entanglements of our, my life.
I would love to hear how you are dealing with yours. You can reach me at DolphusQ at Yahoo.com or QDolphus at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But now, as the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, my friends all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 18, chapter 18, running late towards Sin City. Billie Jean looked ruffled, sleepy-eyed, and hurriedly wrapped in a faded pinched terracloth bathrobe. As she unlatched the screen door, she seemed surprised to see Jimmy. I thought you were still in bed. Has Willie James been over here yet? Lee Hunt wanted to know at once. No, not unless he came and went while I was asleep. The aunt looked at his watch. I sure hope he show up soon. Time is getting tight. Jimmy sat down on the sofa. Lee aunt stood at the screen door peeping outside and glancing nervously down at his watch. Billie Jean asked Jimmy if he wanted anything to eat. There were ribs left over from last night. She could warm them up in the oven. Well, I'm still waiting on dessert from last night, <laughs> Jimmy smiled. Maybe you should have waited in bed. Billie Jean laughed, then disappeared into her bedroom, only to emerge with an armload of articles en route to the bathroom on the back porch. Leon turned from the front porch with worried lines etched across his face. He shook his head slowly from side to side. I must be there before noon, unless Willie James gets here soon. I ain't going to make it. Damn it. Don't. I ain't going to make it. Lee Hunt, relax, man. You still got plenty of time, Jimmy said. You know Willie James is coming. Leon let out a breath of exasperation and sunk to the sofa beside Jimmy. He fixed his eyes on the blank television screen. I knew this deal was too good to be true. He pounded a fist into his palm. First cheater and slick boy double-crossed me. And now my own brother is drag-assing around. Leon stood up suddenly like he could no longer sit. I'm heading back over to Ike's. If he shows up, y'all come over right away. Leon hurried through the screen door. It slammed behind him. Jimmy stood and went to the door, latched it. 
He looked across the porch to the place where Willie James had parked last night to let him out. Jimmy felt uneasy and wondered where Willie James was. The quietness of the room compounded his fears. Jimmy turned on the television to stop the quietness and hold his fears in check. Jimmy watched without interest a commercial clearly directed towards women. After the commercial, the local news station issued a special bulletin updating the last bulletin. The two previous unidentified black males found naked on Route 44 near the entrance of the Pine Grove Cemetery at 6.30 a.m. have been positively identified. One youth was identified as 18-year-old Chuck Weaver, a.k.a. Cheetah, and the second youth as 20-year-old Nathaniel Whitfield, a.k.a. Slick Boy. Whitfield is still alive, but in critical condition. He was shot once in the back. Both were shot with a 45 caliber weapon. A nearby resident reported hearing what may have been gunshots around 10.30 p.m. As of now, there are no known suspects. Winfield is under closed observation. Oh, my God, that's Cheetah and Slick Boy. Billy Jean cried out as she pulled a comb through her wet hair. I saw them last night. She sat down next to Jimmy and leaned her head against his shoulder. I wish I didn't have to go to work tonight. I feel so scared. Jimmy didn't say anything. There was a lot he could say, but he said anything at that moment would have been a mission of guilt. Jimmy's mind became a swirl of what-if scenarios. What if Slick Boy survives? What if Slick Boy identifies him? Jimmy felt scared, too. He placed both his arms around Billie Jean. You got nothing to be scared of. Who is after you? I don't know, she spoke softly, but I always feel unsafe when terrible things happen like this. I know it didn't happen in Potter's Quarters, but it easily could, and anyone could become the next victim. I could be next. I feel so scared. Jimmy, hold me in your arms. Please hold me. Jimmy enfolded her in his arms tighter. They sat quietly like that. Jimmy felt his anxieties melting away, but not the what-if propositions concerning the life expectancy of Slick Boy and the possibility of him identifying his assailants. 
that cold block of fear refused to melt. Have you thought about what I said? Billie Jean asked and lifted her head from his shoulder. Not really, Jimmy answered, unable to recall what she meant. Billie Jean kissed him hard on the lips like she had a special point to make. Well, think about it, okay? Just think about it. She left to get dressed. Jimmy sat with his eyes on the television screen, but his mind was elsewhere. Perhaps it was guilt, but somehow he felt something would go wrong. Some clue would be found that led straight to him and Willie James. Billie Jean came from her bedroom and asked again about warming up the ribs. Jimmy didn't object. He waited in torment, tormented by what-if scenarios as she rattled pots and pans in the kitchen. He waited in torment until he heard the engine of the Crown Victoria. Jimmy hurried to the screen door and watched as Willie Jean James drove up and parked. As soon as Willie James slammed the door of the car, Jimmy sensed something wrong. Willie James looked tired, as if he had worked all night for nothing, or that he had gambled away his last dollar in a desert casino. They found cheating slick, boy, Jimmy said when Willie James reached the steps. Willie James looked caught. He shifted his eyes, then quickly crossed his lips with a finger. Then he started up the steps to the porch. When he reached Jimmy standing at the door, he whispered, I got worse news than that. The aroma of the ribs greeted Willie James. His weariness melted. He was ready to eat. Billie Jean was in the kitchen. She said, that she had just placed the ribs in the oven and they weren't ready yet. Willie James continued to his bedroom. He closed the door and turned the big bent nail to lock it. Willie James took a deep breath. Now, what's this about cheating slick boy? Who found them? The police found them, Jimmy said and repeated the news he had heard from the television. Slick boy's still alive. If he lives, I don't know what's next for us. Willie James flopped down on the bed and looked up at the dark ceiling. Don't, man, it's just keep getting worse. The last thing we need is for him to survive and spill his guts. I should have made sure he was dead. And check this out. I ain't got all the dough. Lee aunt is not going to like it. Well, he's at Ike's waiting for you, Jimmy said. Lee aunt said the time had changed and that high noon was the deadline for the deal. Willie James shook his head like he faced a hopeless situation. 
I don't see the sense in going over there now. I ain't got the dough. I tried all night, but kept coming up short. You know, Jimmy said to interject a little levity. Leon sold a half ounce of Gainesville Green to Cheetah last night for $100. A smile of brightness spread over Willie James' face like a napkin soaking up a spot of wetness. He shook his head in disbelief. Leon never quits running gay. I wonder how he convinced Cheetah to buy into that. Jimmy supplied no answer, as if the question was rhetorical and intended only for thought. This led to a hush in the room and gave a sense of gloom. But suddenly, Willie James stood up and snapped his finger. I got it, dog. We're going to run a game on Lee Art. We're going to crisscross him. Jimmy looked, lost and confused. Billie Jean knocked at the door and called out that the ribs were ready. She had made three sandwiches and poured three glasses of ice water. Cubes of ice floated at the brims of each glass. The three sat at the kitchen table and conversed between what they chewed and what they drank. Billie Jean took a swallow of ice water from her glass, then asked Willie James, had he heard the news about Cheetah and Slick Boy? Yeah, Doc just told me, he said with a scraped face, then added, I wonder who they ripped off to get wasted like that. Jimmy ate his sandwich without comments, avoided the eyes of Billie Jean, as she rattled off a list of suggestions that ended with a matter of fact. With those two, it could have been someone sitting right here in POTUS quarters. Does that include you, Willie James, asked jokingly between a chew of meat and bread and a swallow of ice water. Billie Jean waited until till she had chewed and swallowed before she spoke. No, it doesn't, because I wouldn't have expended that much effort. Those two weren't worth it. Scripping them naked, tying them up, and then driving them all the way to the graveyard? I would have simply slipped up behind them and... The only effort I would have exerted is when I pulled the trigger. Willie James roared with laughter. You would have shot them in the back? Girl, that's so cold-blooded. Jimmy felt uncomfortable and lowered his eyes to the plate on the kitchen table before him. He wanted to change the topic to talk of something else. The plate contained the remnants of his sandwich. 
rib bones. Jimmy picked up one of the rib bones and put it into his mouth and began to suck up on the bone. Then loudly proclaimed, mm, mm. What is Pop's secret? How does he cook these ribs and make them taste good down to the bone? You know, Billie Jean answered like she was reflecting. I watch him all the time at the grill, but he, but usually his back is turned, so I can't see exactly what he does. But most people say the secret is in the sauce. I'll tell you what, Willie James insisted as he sucked on the bone himself. Pop cooks the second best barbecue in town. Jimmy had sucked all he could from the bones and was licking his fingertips. He looked up at Willie James. You mean there's someone else who cooks better ribs than these? Sure is, Willie James said. It's a little barbecue stand. On Fifth Avenue, on the other side of Mom's kitchen, is owned by a man called Y.T. He serves his ribs with or without sauce. I would sure like to check that place out, Willie James, uh, Jimmy said. I'm off on Mondays, said Billie Jean cheerfully. We could walk over there. Willie James cut his eyes at them both and smile. Jimmy blushed. Willie James pushed back from the table and narrowed his eyes on Jimmy. You said Leart was waiting over at Ike's? Yeah, that's what he said. Willie James stood up, scratched his arms, and headed to his bedroom, leaving Jimmy alone with Billie Jean at the kitchen table. So are we going? Going where? Jimmy asked. Billie Jean laughed. Jimmy, you are so silly. Over to YT's to eat barbecue. So you can judge for yourself who has the best barbecue in town. Well, I already know who has the best yummy pie. Jimmy smiled and licked his lips seductively. Billie Jean laughed and repeated how silly he was. Willie James called from the bedroom. Hey, dog, come here, man. I want to show you something. Willie James motioned him to close the door. Then he handed him a stack of bills bound by a rubber band. Jimmy turned the stack over in his hand. A $50 bill was on one side and a $100 bill was on the flip side. He returned the stack to Willie James. I thought you didn't have all the money. Willie James laughed and explained. He had fake money sandwiched between two real bills. If it fooled you, it just might fool Leon, said Willie James as he placed the stack into an envelope. But it doesn't matter because we're going to throw down and take those three pounds. Willie James pulled the Colt 45 from the small of his back. He reloaded it from a box of bullets 
in the top drawer of the chest of drawers. He told Jimmy to get the 22 automatic. Jimmy complied but stuttered. But, 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 but how? Don't worry about that, dog. You just follow me. Billie Jean was washing dishes when they came from the bedroom. She wanted to know would they be back before it was time for her to leave for work at five. We'll be back long before five, said Willie James. Willie James parked the Crown Victoria across the street from Ike's. Leon spotted the Crown Victoria moments before it parked and hurried outside. He reached the car before Willie James or Jimmy could open the doors. Leon grabbed the door handle on the passenger side behind the driver's seat and pulled it open. Boy, I thought for a minute you weren't going to make it. But I should have known you wouldn't let the poor boy down. Come on. Let's get. We got less than 20 minutes. Willie James wanted directions. Head to Sin City, Leon said hurriedly. I'll tell you when we get there. Willie James smiled. I know a shortcut to Sin City. The tires, the rear tires on the rear end of the Crown Victoria spun in a frantic search for traction, kicking up dust and sand before rocketing off to an unknown destination in Sin City. And thus, we have reached the end of another episode. I ask people all around the world to join me next Thursday <laughs> for another <laughs> episode of Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. So long, everybody. <laughs>